It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. So what does it take to turn your life around? From drug addiction to homelessness, from a toxic relationship to a life of crime, how do people find the courage to take control, to stand up, to make a change and reclaim their lives? This morning, we talk to people who, against all odds, have turned their lives around. To find out more about the show, visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, and join the conversation there as well. You can also listen to the show anytime. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We begin this morning with Trevor. On the surface, Trevor seemed to have it all. A successful career, a loving wife and family, but beneath it all, Trevor says he was living a lie. It's our pleasure to welcome Trevor to Sunday Morning Magazine. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. All right. Thank you so much for agreeing to share your story with us. I know this is very personal to you, for you, and so thank you very much for sharing with our listeners. Now, let's talk about life before addiction. Um, You were happily married. Tell me about what was going on in your life. Well, working uh, in a family business, had three young children, and had life going on. Okay, and so people on the outside looking in would probably thinking that you had this great life. Correct, yeah. So let's take this back to the beginning. You believe that trauma in your childhood contributed to your eventual drug addiction. Tell me about that. Well, uh, a lot of people that go through addiction have some sort of trauma in their life. And for me, it was head injuries. I had a lot of head injuries, which contributed, I feel, very heavily with the way my life headed. A lot of these happened before the age of 10, resulted in a lot of behavioral issues growing up. And a lot of those were addictive behaviors. And those showed themselves early in my life and played out throughout my life. Behaviors such as ADD, ADHD, a lot of self-esteem issues. I drank at 15, smoked marijuana at 15, and that really progressed into uh, more alcohol use throughout college. Okay. Um, And so at that time, you say that you were, you felt like you were unmotivated and a low achiever. Is that right as well? Yeah, correct. I was behind everybody uh, through high school academically. I also think because of these concussions, Gave me some self-esteem issues, so I kind of uh, was really down on myself about that. So I kind of put the pedal down on the on the party train and sort of gave up on myself uh, academically. So that was at the end of high school and all the way throughout college. So when we talk about your childhood, you say that you grew up in a great home and you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. Those were your words. Absolutely. And, and with this... The trauma and, and all these other things, I, I had a very stable home. With the silver spoon part, I didn't have to do anything for myself. I was given everything that I ever wanted. So that was also part of my uh, lack of motivation and lack of really having to put my foot forward and apply myself. Okay. So let's move to the college years because you were still struggling in your college years. Those presented even bigger challenges for you, did they not? Yes. In college, I had my first bout of depression. I, I had anxiety all through my life, but I didn't really know the difference. But I had my first bout of, of depression in college, 
which was tough. So I, I got on medicine for that, and that was even more motivation for me to numb those problems with more drugs and more alcohol. So I started dabbling more with other things, pushing the pedal down even more on partying. So, Okay. So after college, you get married, as we talked about. You have three children, and then that's when the addiction started. Tell me about the addiction. What were you addicted to? Well, um, I was also in a family business, which was uh, stressful. I, I lost my father, which was a big part of the downfall for me. But And you say your father, he was your idol. He was, your, was, the, was the rock of the family. And your best de- friend. He was definitely my best friend. So uh, that started my downfall into even deeper depression. And uh, after I had my three kids, I uh, developed a very severe cocaine addiction which lasted a year and a half. You were married at the time. You say your wife had no idea that you were addicted to cocaine, that you were even using drugs. How is that possible? Well, addicts are, we're good at hiding. We're good at, uh, at least in the beginning. We're high functioning, but yeah, she had no idea that it was cocaine or, or drugs. Yeah. So at the height of your cocaine addiction, how much were you doing? from? The time I got up to the time I went to sleep, I mean, all day long. All day long. So what was your lowest point? The lowest point for me, when everything came to a head, I was sitting in my basement, looking in the mirror, crying, asking you know, God to help me. My body was physically giving out. I was probably going to have a heart attack soon. My, my other organs were giving out. I could just tell because I was gurgling all over. And ironically, you know, the next day after after that happened, I got a call from law enforcement, and that scared me straight. That's when everything ended, and I went to rehab. All right, so we'll talk about rehab in a minute okay. here. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, we're talking to people who have turned their lives around. This morning, right now, we're speaking to Trevor. Trevor is here this morning to share his story. He was addicted to cocaine. He's here this morning to share his story with us this morning. Now, let me ask you this, Trevor. Now, you say in your own words you were doing drugs from the time you got up to the time you went to bed. Help us to understand how you maintained it all because you were still running your family's business. You were still married. Your wife had no clue. How are you maintaining it all? How are you keeping it together? In the beginning, it was easy. I was I was very high functioning. I was I was running, you know, the doing my work at the business. I was there physically at home. And as it progresses, it starts to unravel. In the end, it's, you know, you, you start to start to fall apart and, and people start to see that. So when you were in that basement, as you were telling that story, um, you get the call from the law enforcement. At what point do you open up to your then wife, your sister, who is your business partner? When do you open up to them to let them know. And then on the same side of that, often I hear people say you have to admit that you have a problem. What were you thinking inside your head when you were morning tonight doing drugs? At the end, I wanted help. Okay. I was in a living hell. I didn't want to do it anymore. My body was ravaged and, and I was scared. I mean, I was scared. I, I wanted it to end. I just didn't know how. You talked about law enforcement stepping in. How did you then get the help that you needed? 
from the encounter I had with them, I went straight home, called my wife, called my sister, full disclosure, full surrender. And so where did you find help? I went to the Linder Center of Hope, which I was already working there um, for my uh, working. I was already a patient there for my anxiety and depression. So it was really a no brainer for me to go there for my treatment. Okay. And so what did treatment look like for you, Trevor? I went there for 10 days, which is 10 days, which is not, that's it. And a lot of, in a lot of people's eyes, that's not long enough. But for me, I was very fortunate because the 10 days for me was, it was enough because the doctors there, which are the top in the world, I was able to put the pieces together for my lifetime of mental health issues and addiction issues, the head trauma, and I was able to put it all together and and figure out my puzzle. It all clicked for me. I had my aha moment. So you leave the center after just 10 days of treatment, and then you're set right back into society. What was that like for you? Well, I went straight into an intensive outpatient, okay. that, that, uh, which is six weeks, three days a week, three hours a day. I didn't just go on my own. I, I still okay, had good. help. I still mm-hmm. had a plan. It was tough. I mean, early recovery, you got to stay focused. I, I took the skills I learned at the Leonard Center and just went to work on myself kind of. Uh, okay. Now, initially, what were those first days, hours like? away from the drugs because you know we hear these stories of detox and things like that those first days what was that like for you there's not a lot of detox with cocaine okay and, and it's not like you hear with heroin and and other things like that it's it's not a painful thing it's just the depression and the guilt and the shame of what you've done and what you've put people through that's where the the first and it's not days it's months of forgiving yourself and and all that that's what's is incredibly hard and again in case you're just tuning in this morning all morning long we're talking to people who have turned their lives around we're talking to trevor trevor is here this morning to tell his story he was addicted to cocaine for over a year he's here this morning to share his story of recovery how long have you been clean 28 months and do you call it clean i don't want to call it something that you don't call it yeah i'm not really worried about what people call it they call it a long a lot of stuff but yeah clean, long-term recovery, sober, almost two and a half years. My question is, you know, are you afraid? It's only been 28 months. Are you afraid of relapse? Is that constantly in your mind or is that constantly part of your thought process? How does that work for you, Trevor? Absolutely. You can't ever say that I'm no longer an addict or an alcoholic because that's the kiss of death. And so your wife, you're still married. She stuck with you through the... Correct. Okay, good. What impact, you know, you talked about you had young children. What impact do you think your addiction has had on your children? Well, they were six, four, and an infant when this happened. So they were young enough that they didn't know anything that was going on. Uh, But it's a matter of down the road, the impact, because it's it's in the genetics. Okay. And so what will you tell your children? I'll be completely transparent. You can't make it taboo. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll let them know that we have to be careful. This is what daddy did. And there's a chance when when you try what you're going to try, there's a chance that you'll like it. And we have to be cognizant of that fact. Or you know, I'm not sure how the, the script will go, but I will not keep it taboo or keep it from them. 
at all. It will be fully out in the open so they know. So this show is all about people who have turned their lives around, and you have definitely done that. You have started your own business, your own organization to help others with addiction. Tell me about that. Yeah, so going through recovery, I decided to to dedicate the rest of my life to helping others. So I am a certified interventionist and a recovery coach so that I can help other people that are going through recovery or addiction to try and get their life turned around. And I work with other addicts to get uh, work a plan to help them get into a life of long-term recovery. I'm basically a mentor uh, to them and help them navigate the life of uh, recovery. So I'm sure it's therapeutic for them, but I'm sure it's, again, therapeutic for you as well. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay, how so? For me, and I also like to tell my story like this and speak in front of groups, but doing this and talking about it and talking a little bit about what I've gone through and how to share that and apply that to other people's lives because it lets them know that they're not the only one. That's what helps me stay sober. Okay. And so what's the name of your, your company? It's Steinhauser and Associates. All right. And with that, we're running out of time. But let me ask you this now. When we talk about addiction, a lot of times we talk about families that enable the person that's using drugs. You didn't have that in your case. You were very covert with what you were doing. But what's your message to families listening this morning? You got to ask for help. You can't worry about a lot of people worry about what other other people think in the community. So they sweep it under the rug. You can't do that. You got to find help and you got to you got to shut it down, which means giving consequences, reaching out to a therapist or uh, a treatment center or, or someone that can help guide you to getting the person help because if you uh, enable and support the habit, it's never, it's never going to change. And a message to the person going through it is there's hope. There's hope for a clean life. You got to be able to step up and be able to forgive yourself and know that you can get through it, that you can have a healthy life in recovery. I mean, I'm a perfect example of it. I mean, I thought when I was at my bottom that there's no way I could, I could climb out of it and just, wallow in self-pity and all that stuff but there there is hope and hope is a beautiful thing well we're out of time this morning thank you so much trevor for being brave enough to share your story um if our listeners would like to reach out to you we'll have more information on our facebook page you can go to sunday morning magazine with rodney lear on facebook and we'll have more information on trevor thank you so much trevor for talking to us thanks for the opportunity we've been speaking to trevor Coming up next, as we continue our look at people who have turned their lives around, find out how members of two notorious rival gangs found a common ground, turned their backs to the guns and violence of the streets, and have turned their lives around. Also, find out how a local homeless couple are helping others find shelter and a sense of hope. Plus, what happens when the story of your life takes a turn you didn't expect? One woman's mission to help others find faith in their darkest hour. Back with more Sunday Morning Magazine of others who have turned their lives around.